0: So, I don't even know when it starts I had a I, I don't know if, I don't know if you let me tell you
1: something let well, me tell you
0: something well tell me again
1: it's WDDG podcast for the week of August 20th thank you James thanks Ryan
0: alright thank you Ryan Galloway and crying for the user of music oh fuck I did it already ah shit. thank you thank you <laughs> thank you Bumper and Ryan Galway for the use of music we use the intro on outro. uh you can get it off the new album Pop Songs 2020 you can find them at YouTube where you can find links to all their merch and we're signing out
1: and that's the deal with games. There's a quick one. Welcome to the post show.
0: Okay, so let's do the let's do the post show. This is this is the WTDG post show where we get into the nitty gritty, the the stuff that you don't want to hear about. Turn this podcast off. You cannot hear these kind of words. This, this is, is the
1: WTDG of,
0: podcast is the kind of, at night. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that they don't let you hear. They don't want if you're you. You're
1: listening to this in the day. Wait a couple hours.
0: Yeah, you're not going to need to know this. You're not gonna to want to hear the kind of stuff that I'm gonna to have to say about politics. Right. Yeah. Oh no, you don't want to hear it. Trust me.
1: About third world. All right. Uh, what did you? What did I cut you how, off from? How saying? Are you you so, don't even remember anymore, how are you so? How are you so? I
0: do remember. How are you so? Like, there's you're, you're so much gain on your mic suddenly. Like, you're you're close to your mic, or the gain is the gain? Yeah, up? I sit.
1: I, I sit close. Is it when closer it's podcasting than normal? Time.
0: Well, okay, yeah, you well, know it. Just a little bit back. Just a little bit.
1: You want me to sit back?
0: Just a sit back. Lean back. You want me to it, sit you know? here? I don't know. I feel like that looks better.
1: Oh man, oh! I ruined the show. See, this is why we don't get paid for this.
0: That's so good that we don't get paid for this. It makes so much sense.
1: If if, if we if we just uh, sat in the right place, we would we would have advertisers.
0: Yeah, if we just if we could get that kind of shit, I mean, I don't even know. You know, I think about that a lot because we host a semi-popular. Uh, you know, probably like probably the third or fourth most popular podcast. I guess I don't. Even, I can't. I don't. I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers recently. But it, I always. It always makes me think that how are these people? How are these other podcasters getting the levels consistent every week? How? What is going on? Do they have one of those rooms where they got the triangular foams on the side? You know what I mean? Do they have one of those rooms where? Do they have a an assistant that goes in and then get, it fiddles with the mics, right?
1: You've been playing drums, but have you been playing podcasts?
0: I've been playing, po- been po- playing well, I've video been, games. I've been playing any podcast. I've been playing video have games. Have you been playing video game podcasts? I've been playing podcasts. I've been playing some video games. I, I, don't, I don't know if I've been actually been playing video game podcasts.
1: All right. Uh, when you're not listening to video game podcasts... What kind of podcasts are you listening to?
0: Um, Monster of the Week or Dungeons & Dragons podcast.
1: Monster of the Week's podcast. Elaborate on that.
0: Well, I've been listening to Taz Amnesty. Oh, okay. is adventure. this your first time? No, I I uh, listened to the whole thing a while ago, but it, I kind of listened to it in a disjointed way where I listened to the first um, like 18 or so episodes and then fell off and then the finale came and I think... I missed like an episode in be- in a, like in between. Um, but this was so I, I, I listened from beginning to end. Um, I, I really just like I, I already knew kind of everything that happens in it, but I just love the vibe of that. I, I feel like none of the Adventure Zone, except, except this one, the uh, Ether Sea. I'm really, really liking. I feel like it's back to form for me at least. Yeah, like, I didn't. I'm
1: not in there yet. I'm still in the pre-pre uh, season.
0: So I, uh, yeah, I didn't like Balance that much, and I really didn't like Graduation. Um, I'm a big fan of Balance. Uh, like I, I just really love the uh, kind of setting of it Kepler West Virginia like I kind of loved the small town x Filesy, like almost it's Twin Peaksy, I guess too um the, the the characters that the the boys play are pretty interesting characters and also I think I like Monster of the Week a lot more than I like D&D like D&D is more about uh, and I, I could understand people liking this more, like more about like the stats, the the character growth on paper in a lot of cases, like as far as, I, I mean, I could imagine someone saying, no, you're wrong. Like it's about the, the role playing and the, and the characters uh, growth outside of just those kind of things. But I do think that D D re- regardless of what it's more about D D focuses a lot on rules and focuses a lot on mechanics and, I like how Monster of the Week is, like, very light on mechanics but very heavy on collaboration and very heavy on, like, character growth and building scenes and, you know, like... I I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of dig that approach of just, like, not having to fiddle with tons of mechanics and tons of dice rolls, just kind of... And I like how everything in Monster of the Week, um, there's never any kind of, like, checking an ac or something or you know a higher level monster being more immune and like the numbers getting higher In monster of the week it's like one if you roll a two to a six a bad result happens if you roll a seven to nine a good result with a caveat happens and a 10 to 12 is a great result and that like that never changes you know what i mean like it's a very simplistic thing of like everyone knows after the dice roll like kind of how the outcome will be
1: yeah Big fan of Monster of the Week. We're, we're going to do a Monster of the Week soon. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that or if you want to save that for once we've completed it. The, the, the weirdest part about Do It, well, it's not weird, but these role-playing games, like like Dungeons & Dragons, they're, they're a commitment, and it's, and it's not just a commitment at the part of the keeper. And, and, and maybe it's even more so for uh, Monster of the Week, uh monster of the week is i think more collaborative than dungeons and dragons because at the outset of creating characters uh there will be prompts like uh how did you meet the different hunters go around the table and talk about one of the it gives you a bunch of talking points like you saved this hunter's pet or you knew them from a uh from a support group or something like that. I should just clarify that
0: this is a tabletop RPG for if if that's not clear.
1: Yeah. So it is, it is a role playing game first and foremost, not necessarily tabletop uh, because monster of the week doesn't have uh, like a grid based combat or anything. Everything is resolved through just like communication and stories. And it happens in the theater of the mind, (laughs) Uh, but definitely, it is this more collaborative situation it is it is different than D&D where it's not about like I'm gonna roll a archer and I'm gonna roll an elf and uh, uh my dexterity role was very good so I'm going to start out with a lot of dexterity it's more about all right I'm going to be a a keeper which means that my character is highly knowledgeable I have to determine why my character is knowledgeable and based on that history of them i'm going to select uh three different keeper specific perks a
0: seeker because i think keeper is who i am
1: uh well there is a i don't know what it's called
0: keeper is the the, um...
1: expert is the one that i was thinking of but but yeah ultimately like that that what i'm trying to say is that there is a lot more about the lore of your character uh at even at the very outset there's just like a lot of lore that you have to sort of have an idea of because that sort of informs uh, the way that you're going to be able to approach tasks. Whereas D&D, a lot of it is kind of solved for you. So in yeah. D&D, you kind of like roll a cleric. And then when you have, uh, when you're a cleric, you choose a divinity. Or and if you act outside of your divinity, then your magic stops working and, and things like that.
0: Yeah, D&D even breaks down like... Um... Like, a lot of classes will say, you know, like, you're a knight. Uh, what was the faction that you worked for? And, like, it, was it uh, military? Like, you'll, they'll, they'll kind of, like, outline what you're allowed to do with that character's past. And I think in a lot of cases also, like, because you're starting a level one character, you, you kind of inherently are before the adventure stage. Like, it would be almost weird to say, like, oh, I'm a longtime adventurer. But I'm level one. I'm very weak. I don't really do anything. Like, it only kind of makes sense to be, like, the, my, um, I'm just now beginning this, like, like, uh, adventuring or fighting. Yeah. Whereas Monster of the Week, it's very, like, it usually is the opposite of, like, there, there is, like, a lot of built-in lore that goes into the character prior to starting.
1: I, I also feel, like, people like the idea of these games, like, theoretically, they think, like, ooh, that's that's something that I would enjoy or that's something I would get into. And then when they're actually presented with how complicated it, well, not even complicated, but the fact that it actually takes work uh, to set the game up and to, like, figure out who you want to be and how you want to act and the actual participation of it, uh, I feel like people do end up checking out so i think that for a lot of people it's this glamorous idea but ultimately they wouldn't really like it if they played it you know what i mean
0: yeah it's it's hard to say um i i will say that like we tried to do this before and it was like a spectacular failure like we only did one real round of of uh of it and uh it was very hard to get everything going because like only you gave a good participation prior um to uh starting and then when we were going we had like it was it was three people and me dming in monster of the week and
1: so what if i told you it was four and you're forgetting kevin klein
0: but wasn't he not there for like one of the maybe we were there for for one of the he was there for like explaining how it was but i remember the one of the major times we actually played or like the last time that we had played um, he wasn't there. Like we couldn't get him for it. All right. Um, cause I remember it was just, uh, two other people and one person kind of didn't talk at all. And that like really hurts it as like a, as like a collaborative process. And the other person, I don't know what they were doing with their character. Like it was like, it was like the way that they had kind of explained the character to me was that they were very like rich and cool. And it, it it's a weird like mindset to bring into a, a a character like a game like that of like no my character's like basically fucking sick and like everyone's gonna love them they're very popular and they're very rich and it doesn't you know like it doesn't it doesn't make for an interesting character i think it's
1: even less interesting when that's the character they present and then they are incapable of actually doing the role play to bring that character to life yeah like if you want to be this character who's like Super rich and super cool or like is under a certain amount of pressure then you need to play the character like don't act like yourself like telling me about the character you know
0: yeah i think it was also hard because it was like the character ended up being very just standoffish with everyone and it was like i didn't know how to play that from uh like the npcs kind of uh Mm.
1: but but even outside of that there is the thing of like I could be playing a standoffish character, right? But in like externally, my character would be, you know, standoffish. But I would be also metagaming and explaining, like, okay, my character is going to do this, or my character is going to, you know, make these types of motions, or like my my character like puts on this type of face, uh, or like you know, someone looks to me and I act in this way, like even though you're playing a character who doesn't like speak very much or who's very short with people, like th- they should still be taking actions. Yeah. Right. Like th- they should still be like responding to dangers around them or it, like investigating things in-, in certain ways that make sense for them.
0: Yeah. Um, that said, I'm very excited about it. Uh, I did, I, I have, I-, I feel like uh someone who has done their homework um in in, in a way it, it, it was pretty exciting it, it really was like a that's the only way i can describe it is like the like you, you end up not doing the homework a lot of times and then there's one time where like for whatever reason you get to doing like an essay early and you just kill it you're just like oh they wanted five pages i gave them like 10 and i think i really like read this and i just kept going when you're going like you're just like you you start having fun at some point. It's not even work anymore. You're just like I'm just loving writing this and I have so much info to go on. Um so because I feel like I've pre planned a lot of things, I hope that my, my my real hope is that first of all, the the setting that we that, that I picked uh is a like modern day border town, like Texan South border town, um, that has paranormal Ted events. Cruiser? Uh n- thankfully no. And uh, he doesn't exist in this world because there's it's magic. It's alternate we, universe. We, we don't, have, we don't have to deal with those kind of things. No COVID. No COVID in, in this this universe. Um, uh, so, it, like, a, an alternate border town kind of thing where it's not on the map and, you know, uh, crazy uh, paranormal stuff happens. Um, so, I think that that, like, it's a very... Basic, um, I, like I i think that at least for like environmentally, it's a basic premise and it's a basic environment. I think that I, my, my hope is that like if I just, just by describing this, you kind of would immediately understand the look of this town, like that, that, uh, like the, the, the Wild Westy kind of like main dirt road and there's just shops that line the dirt road kind of thing, like, and you'd see in any Western, um, and just like a tight knit kind of like close community
1: is this a one horse town or is this like a two horse? how many horses in this town
0: i haven't thought about it but i think it would be more than two all
1: right well that's good
0: yeah so i wanted to go for um something where it would be uh not relatable but uh easy to um like imagine from you know movies and and books and stuff like something where uh it it like people know Westerns and people know that kind of like the saloon and it's two swinging doors. Like they know those kind of uh tropey kind of things. So it should be easy to at least get a good uh, mental image for it. And then I also hope that, because the first time we did it um, to it's debt to, to my detriment or to everyone else's detriment, I guess um, I had a, had an idea about what I wanted to do and I didn't write things down And I this time I wrote down a lot of like pre-planned like descriptions of things or dialogue so that when the time comes, it's not just like, okay now I have to explain this thing that I've been thinking about and I'm doing a poor job of explaining it. And I hope that these kind of things will lend it to like creating a good amount of player participation Um, and, you know, that people would be interested in the kind of characters and, and stuff that I'm, that I'm trying to give them.
1: Uh, I mean, the dream is that maybe people seem tepid, but then something about it pulls them in. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Enjoying it more than they like. And you know, if people don't like it, then you just kick them out and and get new people. Right.
0: (laughs) I guess I, I, I mean, like if, if some people are liking it and then, then we could just go that direction. Um, but, I, but but yeah, my hope is that is that with like my hope is that people w- with a lot of pre-planning and also trying to um, integrate their character into the world and like you know have other characters mention things on their backstory that maybe that will draw people in and like create a certain amount of like comfortability with participation if that makes sense like uh, that that it'll feel like, Um, people, I think people kind of dig, um, being the star a little bit. So it, I'm trying to make it so that everyone has like pre-planned moments where they can, you know, like shine a little bit and that the other players could be like, damn, that's cool that they, this character has this element to them or like that this, uh, scene really fits this character. They can, they get to go off. Um, so I, yeah, I hope this, this works out. Uh it's been exciting. It's been very exciting just writing this stuff. Um I think I have a really cool basis for like the the setup of everything that like now that I've done so much writing that it's easier to plug things in. Um and then the other thing is that I tried to do a lot of understanding like what the NPCs would know or like or like how they would respond to things so that it feels better. I, I hope that it works smoother in person that instead of just trying to like on the fly, um, run NPCs that I have a good idea about what kind of stuff that they know or would want to talk about, um, to yeah. make it seem more realistic, uh, more like their real character.
1: Yeah. It, it does take a, a ter- a certain type of mindset to, uh, it, it's, it's funny to say, to say this about role playing games, but it, you can be good and bad at them and it is like a skill that you can improve on and it it is you know part creativity part improv part charisma of of just you know making this stuff uh like you want your character to be interesting to be around right even if even if they're a prick even if they're this but at the same time you want your character to like make sense and to be like a full character but not so complicated that you can't keep track of all their through lines you want to make sure that your character isn't being like hypocritical and you and part of that is so that other people can play off of you because you want to be able to react with other people and have them respond in a way that is you know, that you want them to mm-hmm. So it, it'll be fun to, to see how all of it plays out. Yeah, really and like do. I said, if it doesn't work out, then we just uh, replace people and keep going.
0: Yeah, as long as people are liking it so far. I, that, the other thing I was thinking like was, like, I would wonder if people are going to be like, oh, I like the idea, but I don't like what you're doing. Um, so if someone else gets, like, excited, they're like, oh, I like this concept, but I have a better idea than... I would be open to it, or just saying, like, I want to do D&D. I want to go the other direction. I want to do more of, like, a heavy, like, stats and mechanics, and, and like, I, I want to, you know, like, do those kind of things, like fight, do a lot more uh, structured combat. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um,
1: the structured combat. I mean, combat is fine, but I don't like when it's, like, uh, I don't know, the the focal point.
0: Yeah, that's another reason why. I, I think Monster of the Week fights are a lot shorter, um, and there's less, like, trash mobs. Uh, D&D is a lot of, in, in my experience, is a lot of, like... Or, or, like, it's similar to Gloomhaven, too. Like, well, I mean, Gloomhaven obviously came way after that. But, like, you, you're, you're, you go into one room, and it's three of this enemy, and you got to clear it, and then you go to the next room, and it's two bats and three slimes, and then finally at the end of, like... This dungeon, you get to like the fight and where the narrative will progress. Or you kill this monster and you know just bring it, and then the town, ta- and then the town, the narrative progresses. But the dungeon is like this separate entity. It's it's uh, there's there's role playing in the town, and then the dungeon is like mechanics. Um, and I like that that uh, monster that we kind of gets away. You don't have to do like trash mobs, and you can do lore mid-fight kind of stuff like it's because you're not just like fumbling with um like tons of dice roll but uh we've been playing different things i i want to quickly say that i i I was mentioning um death trash uh because i that was a game that we saw at e3 and it is like a uh chunky pixely um isometric uh apocalyptic game um and and at least like mechanically or at least like statistically it plays kind of similar to, like, a Fallout. Like, a lot of, um, like, you like it's the kind of game where you start by making a character and then you're going to allocate points into, like, constitution. And then there's another line of, like, what are your skills? is it, You know, like, can, do you speak with animals? Do you have, like, lock-picking skills? Or how are you with, like, rifles or melee? Um, so you kind of start out with that kind of stuff. And then when you jump into the actual game, I really do like its aesthetic. And you are like waking up in this kind of dungeon that is run by robots and that like the majority of the world is apparently robots and like bio-organic things have kind of gotten like out of control. So like a lot of like flesh golems and monsters. Um, I played like an hour or two of this and just instantly put it down because it I, I was loving it so much and it's an early access and i was just i just thought like whoa there's going to be a time where like it the, the gameplay wise they have absolutely done a phenomenal job with the feeling of everything with like the um kind of like heaviness and the weight to combat um it's active it's real time um and Just, like, the initial... Like, I went into kind of, like, you know... My character was, like, roguish, but with rifles. And, like, it has... Like, you you get, like... You'll have, like, six bullets. And just missing with a bullet is hugely detrimental. Like, it really plays up that survival aspect. And it's also one of those games It's like, doing so many intriguing things at once. Like, throughout... At one point, I had a it said that i had a disease that i had c- gotten a disease but i wouldn't know what it is yet cuz i haven't like gone to a doctor yet so i had i don't know what it is but it's affecting me somehow um are there doctors in this world? Uh, I guess so there's like a major town. Um but uh yeah just the the combat felt like really good and being attacked by like two monsters at once kind of felt like a real challenge um and you know managing everything was was really difficult like just great feeling game uh great aesthetic i even i even like dug the dialogue i dug everything that i was uh seeing so i just i uh put it down
1: that sounds good yeah i mean how many times have we done that so often it's it's uh there are very few early access games that i really played a lot in early access i i think the one i might i mean valheim i played for a long time phasmophobia I play, like, every night. That's an early access. Uh, I'm really excited for some of the changes coming to that game, mm-hmm. uh, because at this point, we're such, like, high-level, and we, we've we've done hunts in all sorts of different permutations, where uh, we've done hunts where uh, we're not allowed to verbally communicate, where we're not allowed to use more than the starting uh, items, uh, hunts where we're only allowed to say, like, two words in total, uh, show us. Uh, and they're actually going to be adding in more challenging uh aspects to the game like more challenge modes like uh start at zero sanity when you go in so the ghost will be more active did you know that phasmophobia has spawned an entire genre of games that are similar to it
0: um i've seen some of that but i haven't like i've just seen the one
1: uh probably the one you've seen is ghost hunters corp yeah i think so which is, it's so janky, and it, it, it really reminds me of, like, how much care and attention to detail went into Phasmophobia. Like, Phasmophobia, like, the uh, the visuals and the creepiness of the game, like the lighting and the shading and, and the way that the homes are actually put together is, is so well done, and, and there are so many considerations that, you know, maybe seem like a bad choice at first but then once you've played another one of these makes so much sense so for example one of them is the move speed where phasmophobia has this move speed that feels like awkward and slow and they're actually in the middle of changing it but when when you play some of these other ones that actually let you move quite fast it just doesn't have the same impact of like okay the ghost is hunting i'm going to sprint away from
0: it yeah maybe not as claustrophobic like yeah,
1: and, and obviously you know that, like, okay, well, at that point, just up the speed of the ghost. But but then it feels really awkward when when you're, like, trying to hide and the ghost is just, like, running around really fast. There's a lot less dread associated with So, friend of the show, Nate and I actually did play a little bit of a ghost hunter's course. And it's a different kind of game because the way that it works is you are uh, trying to figure out what the ghost is by using... Uh, similar ghost hunting equipment, you're using EMF readers, you're using uh, entity detection, you're using spirit boxes, but you're using it as a foundation for how you will later exercise the ghost where okay, so the book the ghost is responding to your voice. so you need to exercise it by reading words out of a Bible and then you need to like verbally and this is the best exorcism uh, uh, out of all of them, but they give you like a book, and you have to read the book in front of the ghost uh, without messing up the words. So you need to say something like, "You who haunt this place, return to the. Your soul will return to the dust. Your body will return to the ether. So be the will of God." But it it pisses the ghost off when you start doing it. So you then like you're trying to move around and avoid the ghost and like the light on the book is changing because you're, like, running around and and the book is a physical object. So it actually makes it really hard to, like, maintain your composure and read it out loud. Yeah. Uh, The other ones are a little bit less interesting. The other conceit of this game is that the ghosts can follow you out of the house and can run to, like, your van and start banging on the door of the van. So during the hunt, you almost have to, like... If you're if you're getting hunted really bad you have to like run to the van close the door and then you need to hold the door shut and if the ghost attacks the van too many times it can actually break the door so be, because of this though it it, it it seems like oh that adds a lot of tension because nowhere is safe but it's actually the opposite because of the way that the ghost moves around and can like leave the house it, it makes it so that the best approach to hunting the ghost, Is to bring all of the equipment right into the front of, like, the house. And then as soon as the ghost starts hunting to immediately run out and go
0: to the van. It's like, rush that shit down. Rush that ghost down, you know what I mean?
1: It's not... uh, Like, in Phasmophobia, it's when the ghost starts hunting, it locks you in. And then it's creating this space where uh, you are in the ghost's domain and you do not have your own. And, And I think that that adds... A lot more tension than the idea of. Well, the ghost can follow you outside. Like being locked in with the ghost, I think is is creepier. Yeah. Uh, and and all otherwise, like the game is made by a French developer, doesn't have a translator working on it. So the it, the text in the game is it, so funny. Like it is so poorly translated uh, that the, the game is just. You know how in phasmophobia. Like the first time you play it and you see how the character bends like kind of like it looks so ridiculous that it almost makes the game like less tense overall. Yeah. Everything in this game is like that.
0: Hmm.
1: Where it is so it is so incredibly janky and it needs so much work Uh, and it does make me appreciate Phasmophobia more. Even though the game does have some good ideas like I, I like the exorcism ideas. I I like the I, I kind of like the variety of maps. They have like this Japanese bamboo garden that takes place like most of the map is outside. But I don't know the the way that the hunts work. It's just not as scary. The ghosts like it. The ghosts the ghost models are not as scary. Phasmophobia. You could say a lot about the way that it looks, but right now the models in that game are very creepy. So ghost hunters court bad. Phasmophobia good.
0: Break it down for me. Damn.
1: That's the breakdown. Uh-huh. So. Uh, that's not all I've been playing I've been so axiom verge 2 uh, surprise drop last week and it is the thing I've been playing the most. I, I think I'm towards the end of the game. it, it does some interesting things. Uh, I, I don't think that you need to play the first axiom verge to play this one. So if you did play the first axiom verge, uh, the thing that is the most different about this one is that there is less an emphasis on combat where it's not about collecting an array of guns. Combat is kind of second fiddle to exploration in this game. You can actually run past most of the enemies, but sort of the conceit of this game is you are playing this researcher who ends up uh, drowning in this Antarctic base, and you're brought back to life by these uh, by this nanotechnology that is actually... Uh, Sort of like an alien life form, nanotechnology that starts to inhabit your body, and as you're exploring the world, you're getting access to different kind of trope-y, um abilities. Like, all right, so now you can uh, grab ledges, or you can climb a wall, or you could send you you can send out this like drone that can, or you get like a, a boomerang that can hit things far away and open doors that have switches like this. Uh, but but the main thing that makes Axiom Verge 2 different than the other Metroidvanias is that uh, you're traveling between alternate dimensions, kind of like A Link to the Past, where you are doing, you are like, you need to get to another side of a wall. So you move into another dimension and you move in that area and then you return back. And that is sort of like the simplest. Form. and it, obviously it gets, like, way more complicated because uh, there are only certain places that you can enter and exit, but later they, they you know, warp the rules around the way that that works. So it's, it's kind of cool, and, and I kind of dig the fact that it is more about the exploration. Uh, you're not really running into, like, these major um, combat walls, Where it's like okay i have to defeat this like super strong enemy before i can progress it's much easier than the first axiom verge i i think because of the fact that it's more about the the puzzles and exploring the world than it is about the uh combat but maybe some people dig the combat and maybe you know they'll see that as a deterrence a a knock against this game that it's really less about that it's
0: just too bad this is not on steam uh this is a switch game oh yeah it's probably a good place to play it actually
1: yeah, it's a Switch game. It, it runs well on the Switch. I've been playing so much on the Switch, so I ended up getting Xbox Game Pass so that I could try out a bunch of different stuff. I played some Lethal League on there. I, I played like a little bit of The Ascent, and it's like kind of busted on there, so I didn't really get too far into it. Yeah, what it. was
0: the deal with that? I've heard that.
1: Uh, So specifically, it's when you're running DirectX 12, the game just runs like shit. And the reason why that sucks is DirectX 12 is what gives you access to ray tracing. So why am I why am I gonna play this? Like I I have a ray tracing card, so I, I, I'm not gonna like not play it with ray tracing. And if I have to wait to play it, then I'll just wait to play it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, another thing that I did end up playing on Xbox Game Pass was Dodgeball Academia, and I liked it so much that I uninstalled it from Game Pass and just bought it on the Switch because I was like, this game seems awesome and it also seems like something I'd rather have on the Switch. And that's a big commitment because it's like $25, but the the premise of the game was so good that uh, it just made sense. So Dodgeball Academia, it, it, it reminds me a lot of Golf Story, but it is kind of like this shounen story of you go to your. You go to this like school. You go to like this dodgeball school where there is like a magic dodgeball that powers the entire academy. And if the academy loses the dodgeball in a tournament, then the school will fall down. But you play as like this like plucky young kid who needs to assemble a team of dodgeball players uh, in order to win the the big tournament. And you're assembling a team and. It is like real-time dodgeball combat where you're catching the ball, you're throwing the ball, you're, you're doing parries and things like that. The different characters that you will collect have different like, RPG-like stats, different throws, different special abilities. And one of the interesting conceits of the game, of the story actually, is that the main antagonist doesn't have powers, but you do. So so it's sort of like a, a twist on, like, the typical Shonen of, like, My Hero Academia has the story of the main antagonist has superpowers and you don't. So you have to come to terms with, you know, how much harder it's going to be for you to climb that mountain. And this game has the opposite. So that's kind of like a cool twist on the, on the Shonen story. Um, I'm very early into the game still because I immediately just started playing... Uh, axiom verge 2 and haven't put time into anything else because of that i also tabled monster hunter two stories i tabled phoenix right i have all these switch games that i want to play but i've been loving the switch it's a switch year
0: yeah but there's also
1: but there's also all this other stuff coming out on game pass like uh 12 minutes just came out on game pass all the quake games you don't know about 12 minutes no oh it's like this game it was like a pretty well anticipated indie game Of you are reliving uh, 12 minutes of your life over and over, but something like something tragic happens in these 12 minutes. So you rewind the 12 minutes and you try to do things differently so that uh, things will play out differently. It has uh, James McAvoy and Willem Dafoe. Oh, wow. But it's like a point and click adventure game of just like Groundhog Day, redoing this stuff and, and trying to make the outcome different. It's by Anna Perna who if you looked them up you'd probably know some stuff that
0: Yeah, why do I, I recognize that? But I don't re- like what is what is, what have they made? Let me look it up.
1: It's good for podcasting. Anna Perna. Uh they've done they did Outer Wilds. You might have heard of that. Journey. Outer Wilds? Yeah. Really? What Remains of Edith Finch. They didn't
0: do they didn't make Journey was um Well, that's the they they published it. They published it. it? Oh. Yeah. They but they're, and they published they're Outer Wilds.
1: Their internal stu- Yeah. Yeah. They, they published Outer Wilds, they published uh, Journey, things like that. Wadham. Okay. So it adds a pedigree to it. Like, the reviews are very divisive, but they were kind of expecting that. Uh, Humankind came out on Game Pass. All the new Quake stuff came out on Game Pass. Some people are excited for this new... Uh, they, they remade and remastered the Quake games, including the multiplayer. That could be kind of cool. Game Pass is, is uh, the best deal in gaming. That's what they say
0: that's what they say that's what you say
1: you've been playing anything on switch how's your switch been
0: Uh, i haven't been playing anything on switch recently i've also been playing a game on my phone you believe that me a mobile gamer i've been playing epic 7 again somehow oh yeah yeah they have a a re-zero collab i I was talking to you recently about how much i kind of missed playing epic 7 and uh there was like a re-zero collab and i just wanted to get back into it and then i've been kind of enjoying it uh especially trying to like is that
1: uh is that sorry is that resident evil no all right it's an anime
0: yeah have you heard of re-zero
1: resident evil zero the prequel to resident evil yeah
0: yeah it's that rebecca they got a rebecca chambers um in the gotcha and billy what the hell is his name billy corgan from smashing pumpkins is in it it's a good time you're gonna like that
1: re-zero is some sort of anime
0: yeah it's a very, very popular anime. Uh, I I've watched the Not whole. In this house. I loved the whole first season of it. Um, I haven't watched the second season of it, but the main idea of it was that whenever the main character dies, uh, he goes back in time, and uh, it's also a very like dark, dark fantasy. It's one. It's it's one of those anime where kind of down along the lines of Evangelion, where uh, it starts out very cheerful and goes to some well, really I didn't really watch any of those. really dark places. I didn't watch Evangelion yet. Spoilers, right? I mean, it's old as fuck. Should I watch it? Is it good? Should you watch Evangelion? I Evangelion I, I don't know. I it, it's the basis for a lot. It's one of those like it's the basis for a ton of anime. Like it it represents like a major shift in anime and I, I would say that like you can trace a lot of anime anime is like ridiculously kind of iterative like it, it it's very iterative like they there's so many anime that just uh you know steal a concept and then slightly tweak it uh whenever there's something popular like I, I, actually this is a good example of like an, this is like an isekai kind of anime where it's uh, uh you know a boy from high school falls into an alternate world and thinks like oh it's fun it's a fantasy but then like dark stuff happens and like uh, it gets pretty grim and brutal um but i was talking about evangelion right so uh, yeah evangelion i would say that most things kind of uh uh relate back to evangelion in some way it's definitely like one of the it's kind of the sopranos of anime where wow. where before evangelion most anime was like cheerful and a distraction and fun and then evangelion came out and then people i guess uh writers were like we can explore darker themes and viewers will still watch it we can have a depressing show and people still watch it and then that's where you see like a lot of you know more like depressing or existential anime come out of and then there's a lot of online yes sure i mean yeah so uh so is it worthwhile? like in in it's it's one of those things where it's very important and it mostly holds up um but i also don't know like if you'll be able to enjoy it because it's almost like it's become tropey at this point because people have used a lot of that material um but
1: yeah, yeah. do you want to talk about epic seven or did you just want to say that you're playing? oh no i was just gonna i was just gonna we can, say because you said we you, can leave you, you, you're
0: playing a mobile game so what are you playing I'm
1: playing Pokemon go
0: Pokemon go which
1: arguably the best Pokemon game I, I would say that it's a uh, there are two Pokemon games that matter maybe maybe three uh Pokemon snap Pokemon unite and Pokemon go but I would say that no game makes you and feel 10-10. more like a Pokemon oh and well that's not a Pokemon game but that's a that's a monster hunting it's a monster catching game which is a whole other genre then we're getting into. Uh, Monster Sanctuary. We're getting into Cyrillim. We're getting into Monster Hunter Stories 2. Those are monster catching games. I'm talking about uh, Pokemon. You know the craziest thing about Pokemon is that all the good Pokemon games uh, Game Freak has no involvement with. Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't know if you saw the trailer for Arceus. That game looks terrible. It's the open world Pokemon game that's like, you know, got the elements of Breath of the Wilds and it looks like... uh, the landscape was uh, made to work on a 1997 Windows computer.
0: I haven't seen much of it yet, but I, I don't... I, I think I, I agree with you in everything you've said. Pokemon is a bummer. I, I think we mentioned it a lot. Like, I grew up with uh, Red and Blue and loved Pokemon. Like, I was crazy about it from the get. I remember I got a VHS in the mail that was like live actors uh pretending to know ash ketchum like i think there was like a woman who was like i'm ash ketchum's mom and he's out there adventuring he's the best kid and like he got a pikachu and like there's little clips of the anime um and i was so interested in it and look at where we are um like 25 years or later or whatever where they haven't done a damn thing to make this game more interesting He's still still catching the monsters still got to get them low still got to Get them you still have four abilities There's still this rock paper scissors didn't think of anything else did you but you know what pokemon go is pretty good pokemon go is pretty good pokemon pokemon go is now at
1: the state where we wanted it when, to be when when, when you out. put pokemon go down and you said i'll come back to it when it's a full game now now you can pick it up and it's a full game and it has everything that you would want so I think I think that it's hard for me to talk about uh, the differences, and it would be easier for me to just talk about the whole thing. So, for those of you who lived, who were living under a rock in twenty sixteen when this game was
0: massive, that was pre virus.
1: That was that was the best. It was the best of times. In 2016, before In 2016,
0: things went early 2016, not late 2016. This
1: was August 20, like July, June, July, August. It was the summer of Pokemon. We were and like, you ah, were,
0: yeah, that guy will never win.
1: Well, you would be walking around and you would see other people playing Pokemon. They'd be going to the Pokestops. You would you would go to a Pokestop that would have yeah, a burr kn- on it. Yeah, you knew
0: people were playing, playing Pokemon. There. there was no goddamn question about it. You knew people were playing Pokemon. Also, like... We, if, if you would go to like any landmark and there would just be tons of people standing outside with their phone
1: so the crazy thing is coming back to Pokemon Go when you play Pokemon Go nowadays you realize how many people outside on their phone are just playing Pokemon Go there's so many of them still uh, and maybe it's because of the area that I'm in so I, I should also say that I just closed on a house so literally like Two days ago, closed on a house, moving to Pittsburgh, going to be exploring regions unknown. So Pokemon Go is one of the... I I picked it up because I thought that it would be fun as like a motivator to get me out there to like explore the new city that I'm going to be in. Uh, So I picked up Pokemon Go and it's got me walking a lot more. Like I think I walked 25 kilometers last week. I don't know how that converts into miles, but I've been walking a ton and... There, it just feels like there's so much to do. So, the main thing is you know, you are Pokemon are spawning around you like GPS, like as you move around, like your phone is vibrating. And then there's like a Pikachu, and the Pikachu will have a combat score, which is how good it is. And then you are like how strong the Pikachu is at combat also determines uh, how difficult it's going to be to catch. And you have Pokeballs, great balls, ultra balls. You're feeding it berries to make it easier. Or you're calming it down using berries. And then there is like the circle that's diminishing and you are throwing balls. You could also do trick throws uh, that make it easier to catch the Pokemon. Like you could do a curve ball or if you get it like very close to the center, like the actual mini game of catching the Pokemon is kind of like a Wii Sports bowling sort of thing. but it But it's pretty fun. And, and, it, and it's kind of addicting just like trying to get the good throws because like the more trick throws that you do, you're getting like more XP and things like that. I don't remember how much of that was part of original Pokemon Go. But also if you do trick throws, you're more likely to get the catch. And the reason why you're catching Pokemon is, is first off, like that's kind of the thing is you're catching Pokemon. Uh, it's giving you XP. You're using the XP to level up your account. When your account levels up, uh, you're getting access to new outfits. You're getting access to new types of battles. You're getting access, at some point, once you get to a high enough level, uh, you get to make a stop, So you get to submit a place that, like, you could choose, like, a landmark or something that is possibly something close by you. You could create a landmark. So that's kind of cool. And I could tell that there are definitely some places uh, around me locally where people have created them. Because it's like, one of them is, there's this eagle statue, like this eagle statue, like above a bank. And someone is like, this this eagle statue, and now it's a Pokestop, and you could go there and you could get it. But like I, like I said, you know, I've been walking around and going to the Pokestops, because that's where you go to get Pokéballs, and where you go to get berries, and where you go to get items. Because essentially, you could sit inside... And, like, Pokemon will spawn on you. A fixed, you know, Pokemon have set spawns. And nowadays they rotate the spawns. So I guess, like, every week or couple of weeks, the Pokemon will move around. So, you know, I have, like, Pikachus and I have Gulls that, like, spawn at my house. But if I need to catch, like, uh, Bulbasaur or something like that, I kind of have to venture out, like, further out. But maybe next week it's cycles and then Bulbasaur will spawn on me. But it's kind of cool because you could hang out at a place that you go to the park because you need to uh, get a bunch of matchups. because as you catch more Pokemon of the same type, uh, you get candy that you use to increase the power level of those Pokemon. So why would you increase the power level of Pokemon? Well, let me tell you. Uh, You might remember, because this is something that they had uh, in the OG, but there were gym battles. And... Essentially, you go to, like, some Pokestops are, like, more important. They're gyms. And you could, if your team controls a gym, you can put a Pokemon there. And as your Pokemon is there, you get uh, Pokecoins, which are the real-world currency. So you get the real-world money currency by having your Pokemon in a gym. And the stronger your Pokemon is... Uh, the greater likelihood that they'll be able to stay in the gym. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you know, your team gets some increased perks or something when you it from spinning the Pokestop for a gym you control. And there are three different teams. And as I've been playing, I noticed that there are, you know, there are Pokemon that you that will become, like, infamous, where it's like, okay, I know that I can't take that gym because the red team... Like, they have this one player with this ridiculous Dragonite. And if they're at Dragonite, if they've put it in that gym, I can't go there until someone else, like, weakens it or takes it out for me. So I have to go to another gym. And, like, the blue team, which is what I'm on, they control the mornings. Like, first thing in the morning, the blue team is out there. They're picking up all the gyms. But on the weekends, like, the yellow team, like, picks a few things up. The red team owns the supermarket near me. Like, if if I try to go to the supermarket and take that gym, like, as soon as I do, right under my nose, the red team is going to be there. They're going to kick my Pokemon out. So it is, like, so... Like, this is, like, the best MMO that I've played in so long and also the best Pokemon game of, like, I want to catch these Pokemon because I need to to keep these gyms under my control, you know, mm-hmm. and on top of that, there's also like uh, like ranked battles now, and there's also uh, you could trade with people. Uh, the trading is a little bit weird because it's like uh, if you're trading, so there's trade evolutions, and you know there is value in that. So if you trade a Graveler with someone, they'll get a they'll get a Golem, but you can't trade a Pokemon that's been traded, so you can't do that thing that you did in like Pokemon Red of Oh, I'll trade you my Kadabra so it turns into an Alkazam and then and you then trade, trade me back. back. Yeah. Yeah, so you can't really do that. So it's more like I'll trade a Machoke for a Graveler because then I'll get like a Matchamp, and you'll get a Golem. Uh but there is trading, you know, there is there's events. There are real the events are so cool. So the event that happened last week was EV week was like an EV weekend where you could buy like you could buy a battle pass for a dollar. If you didn't do the battle pass, you still can participate in a lot of it. But by buying a battle pass, you get like all of these different quests of like, catch this many Eevees, level uh, Evolve 2 Eevees, and all of this different stuff. And it was a really good opportunity to get enough Eevees to create every form of Eevee, which I think, you know, without this event would actually take a long time. But it also increased the chance of finding shinies. So I was able to find two shiny Eevees, one of which I haven't evolved yet. I don't know uh, if there's, because there are tricks to evolving Eevees into certain things. Like, uh, you know, nighttime EV, daytime Eevee, those evolve into like Umbreon or, or Sylveon or something like that. I forget. But there are all these different things of like, if you are near a glacial lure, it will evolve into a Glaceon. If you're near a Mossy lure, it'll evolve into a, into a Leafion there's also like this nickname trick that works once per account where if you name it like sparky or you name it pyro then it will you're guaranteed to get like flareon or jolteon but that's like besides the point but ultimately like there was there were all these like quests related to eevees and the eevees would spawn from like a certain amount of like from 11 to 5 p.m there would be enhanced eevee spawns so like i was out i saw a lot of people like playing and it's again it's like this weird thing of like when you're in the know, when, when you're like playing Pokemon Go, it makes you aware of all the people around you who are still playing it. Uh, and that's been really cool. And they also introduced uh, raids. So raids are the way that you're getting like legendary Pokemon and things like that, where uh, every once in a while, instead of a, a gym being active, there will instead be a, a raid there. And, and I don't know if, like, your team controlling the gym gives you some sort of benefit uh, during the raids, but ultimately, ultimately it's like there will be a really strong Pokémon that would be really, really hard for you to take down by yourself. So if you go there with friends or maybe you go there and there are different people, like, standing around, like, waiting to do it, then you can uh, fight the raid boss, and if you beat it, then you will have an opportunity based on your performance, based on your score, will give you a set number of balls, like they're almost like safari balls, uh, to try to catch the the like legendary Pokemon. And that's where like all of the ball catching techniques, the trick throws, uh, using berries, that's where all of that comes into play because you want to get these legendary Pokemon, not just from a, look at this awesome Pokemon I have, which is definitely part of it. There is definitely like this, look at this crazy Pokemon I caught. But there is also, I want to use a strong Pokemon uh, to win fights, you know. Mm-hmm. So Pokemon Go has going on.
0: Pokemon Go is back.
1: I mean, what do you think? Do you have any questions? What is, What is your reaction to finding out that Pokemon Go is a real game?
0: I don't know. Pokemon Pokemon Go is not as cool in my area. I think it would be cooler in uh, definitely in in Brooklyn. I think that it would be more enjoyable, just more more dense, more Pokestops, more people who were. Uh... <laughs> what was that? National weather storm surge warning. Well, oh, loud. I
1: actually—it's so funny that you got a storm warning because I—I I found it out so that you can well, stop telling
0: right. me this. What the hell? Why is it still going off? What is going on? What is the warning? A loud-ass storm surge warning saying you should have food for three days. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know, we're getting, I guess by, I think we're getting a hurricane on Sunday into Monday. Oh, unlucky.
1: 100% chance. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, that's good I, it's because, cool. uh, you know, during inclement weather, uh, you get weather bonuses depending on the weather. So if there's a storm warning like that, I can catch some extra lightning. All they need is that, what, is that one Pokemon. person to
0: die out there with, with their, their phone in their hand for the, the news article.
1: Uh, people have already died James playing Mason pokemon dies go it's playing
0: pokemon go pokemon go while during a hurricane his, have body lifted, been playing it. his body is lifted his body is lifted to the heavens where he found an arceus Oh, uh, that'd be sick um yeah it's it's i mean i i wanted them to improve it i'm glad to hear that the game is more of a game uh i i, I, I of course remember how cool it was at the time that uh uh everyone was playing it but i remember just the game had no meat on its bones it was just you were just walking around and kind of finding the same pokemon and you didn't really fight them or have m- much to do with them it was it was really more just about like getting lucky enough to find them or like where they spawned um so it's cool to see that there's there's yeah. some, some more significant oh, actual yeah. gameplay
1: i didn't even talk about team rocket so there's so in addition to like all that other stuff there's also uh team rocket hideouts and like Sometimes y'all be walking around an area, and y'all like a PokeStop will be controlled by Team Rocket, and when you kill them, you get like this puzzle piece. And when you've assembled enough of, enough of these pieces, you can assemble a radar that will let you track down their secret base. And it's like a physical location, so you have to walk over to their secret base, and then you could fight one of the leaders. And when you when you fight the the, the Pokemon like the Team Rocket. You get access to like shadow Pokemon, where you could like they're 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 like challenging to catch because you only get a set number of balls, uh, like I mentioned with the raid, like the safari balls. But if you find one that's like pretty good, you can purify it, and it will drastically increase its combat rating. So when you go out and you fight like the the leaders of Team Rocket, and you climb up a chain, right? Like you're increasingly fighting stronger members of Team Rocket, and you get, and as you fight them, you get all sorts of like bonuses when you deal with them. You get new outfits, but you are also getting like items, and you're getting access to stronger Shadow Pokemon as you go up it. So there is, there's a lot to do, and 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 it's been motivating me to walk around, which is a good thing. Where like I'm actually taking like a morning walk to, like spin Pokestops, like try to take a gym, put a Pokemon in the gym that's good stuff and maybe it'll help me uh meet people in pittsburgh right
0: yeah find a raid group or something so is that pokemon go it's a lot of pokemon go yeah it's a lot of pokemon go um we've been playing uh i, I think what I, I i've been really interested to talk about this week is just fighting games because we've been playing a lot of fighting games um not just uh guilty gear but uh street fighter 5 uh we check back in on and, and
1: i've been playing blaze blue and you've oh, been playing so blaze good. blue blaze blue is so good i think um it's so tragic that you're not gonna play blaze blue uh, the best anime fighter
0: yeah uh it's I think, got
1: it's got this net code mod which makes the net code so smooth like it feels like it, it feels like guilty gear levels of smooth With the they Zane have trials mod. in that game now they oh there's so many goddamn tri- an insane number of trials blaze blue has always had trials okay yeah, and they uh, have like thirty trials per character. They keep adding them.
0: Neat. Um, I could almost imagine. Uh, I guess just playing Street Fighter Five uh, made me realize how much I still think uh, fighting games are just have just historically been so incomplete, and it just it makes me realize more of what like I don't like about Guilty Gear. Which is unfortunate. It makes me just realize that there are aspects so ingrained to Guilty Gear that like regardless of any balance patch, I think that they they won't be able to change that I will forever dislike.
1: Yeah, and I'm on the other side of the spectrum where playing this game makes me appreciate Guilty Gear even more.
0: Hmm. Um Yeah, so so uh playing Street Fighter Five, Street Fighter Five has uh got an update, the Oro and Akira update and I think that there is one last character, Luke, who looks terrible. Um, The gameplay looks his his kit looks okay, but uh, his just overall look is like whatever. Who is that? Like Jake Paul or whatever? Um, Just like a uh, Cody or something. Another another like white male with blonde hair. Yeah, Um, another Cody. Uh, I mean Cody wasn't even isn't even like he wasn't even the first in that game but like most of that somehow half of the cast is white people with blonde hair I don't know how they managed it but um uh yeah go, but going back to it mostly I've been really excited about it and like there there's there it's cool to play both uh Guilty Gear and Street Fighter because I kind of realized like what aspects of it I would want uh like how the, the perfect fighting game would kind of have some for me, at least, would take some of what, uh, some of this and a little of that. Um, I will say that uh, one of the, the the things that I've realized that that I, I I talked about how good this was when when Guilty Gear came out, but Guilty Gear had uh, when you look at the command list, it, it shows you a video of the of the like the 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 special happening, or um, it shows you videos of like the nor- the special normals, and there's even a little paragraph that explains like hey this is a um anti-air ability it has uh upper body invincibility and you would use it when someone is uh jumping in on you or like hey this is a um command grab it's got good range you use it to like mix it up when people are so the the what why i really like that and why i i just i hope that 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 is in all fighting games going forward um i want to even see it uh done even better with like Maybe frame data on on that right there to say like or, or even at least saying like, oh, it's very negative, very positive. um uh but I, I like it so much. like it it's such an awesome way to um, instantly look over the character and have kind of a good idea for like why you would do use this move because there's always a lot of times where there's certain properties on the move, maybe it's projectile invincible, maybe. Uh, like I said before, maybe it's, like, an anti-air. Maybe it's uh, upper-body invincible. Um, stuff like that where when you're looking over the Street Fighter character's moveless, like, I don't know what it is um, that this move is going to do when I put it in. And even when I see it visually, like, I don't always understand, like, but why would I use it? Um, which is increasingly important in a game that, like, has another system that I really, really like, and that's the V-Triggers and V-Skills. I remember when this when the game first came out... Um, there was the concept of a V trigger and a V skill, I think, but they weren't, um, they, they, it, it took later in the game's life to make, um, every character have both, uh, two V skills and two V triggers. Um, and a V trigger is like, uh, you, something that it's like a bar that builds up and you get to use it later on. It's usually based on the damage you take and it does something and either it's like a special move or, it does a certain puts the character in a stance or a state. Like I've been playing. It's some... like a
1: it's it's just like a signature move. Ultimately, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like if a drive from Blaze Blue were added to Drive is almost uh, kind kind of Blaise reminds higher. me a little
0: bit more of like V Skill in a lot of cases because V Skill is like a move yeah. that has flavor for that character, something uh, that you know, like uh, I think Laura's. I don't know. I guess it's not her. I think she, Laura's is like a dash, is like a like a, a forward dash kind of like a that, that goes under projectiles. Um, Cody's ha- has like a a sway that that uh, he can like juke a move and then hit back. Um, so the the thing that I really like about it um, and why I really think that something along this lines I would love to see in more fighting games going forward is that. It's a really cool way of diversifying the character's uh, kit and making it so that you can... If done correctly, it's kind of meant to shore up a bad match. Like, you can have a character that, you know, like, struggles really badly. I guess a good example is, like, Zangief. Zangief gets, um, uh, like, kept out by people's uh, projectiles and by getting hit... And he has one he his V skill, I believe, is like he, he flexes and he gets armor and he can move forward while it's happening. So he can kind of like move forward, absorb a hit from Dalsim, and then when he lets go, he'll he'll he he flexes again, but it also has a hitbox, so you can like hit the arm before it comes back. And the whole idea of it is that you pick it before you go into the next round and you can kind of have a v skill and a v trigger that you're more comfortable with in that matchup that uh shores things up and it's always and it is cool because when done correctly like you're you're always missing out on what that uh, the other one is so they can always make it so that like it it would be kind of cool to see in guilty gear um uh like maybe take away like i play zato a lot um and zato's worst matchup has got to be axel and i would almost like, I would give up, like, something as important as, like, Drunkard Shade to have a teleport or something that could kind of get me into Axel and make that matchup less horrible. And it would be something where, like, you wouldn't want to pick that all the time. You would you would it'd would be more matchup-based. And it'd be kind of cool because uh, I think it makes it so that you can be more of a character specialist if you feel like you can uh, pick something that, like, counters an enemy that is a bad matchup. You know what I mean? um it just yeah. it makes you a little bit more comfortable like i think one of my bigger problems with like guilty gear uh has been uh that defense isn't very fun and when you're on bad matchups uh you end up playing a lot of defense um so it would be cool to to have something that they kind of you know help and do you think that defense is 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 fun in street fighter i do uh, I, I guess one of, one of the big differences and like I, I guess like one of the, 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 the core kind of conceit of Street Fighter is that you're playing you're spending way more of the time um, controlling your character. Combos are much smaller in Street Fighter and they usually like end up leading to a knockdown and then like a mix up, but a lot in a lot of cases you end up returning to neutral a lot. You play a lot more neutral in Street Fighter and are going for more, like, pokes and, like, small hits and uh, projectile trades and stuff here and there. Um, And I really like that. I end up, like, it ends up feeling like I spend more of the match making choices and that more of the match can be based on, um, like, uh, conditioning opponents for certain things uh, than in Guilty Gear, where the combos are, uh, like, much larger, like, do, do, like, much more damage and there's a lot more, like, unreactable kind of things. It's it's a lot... Obviously, it's, like, a lot zanier. It's, like, an anime game. There's a lot more, like, people are full screen and now they're just, like, on top of you. And in Street Fighter, um, to get in on your opponent or to, like, keep them out is, uh, you know, you, you the game gives you the tools to keep people at arm's length and to play that that uh, neutral and, like, that footsie game a lot better. I think it's also, like, it, it kind of is a weird thing about Strive where they moved it a little bit in that Street Fighter direction. It's like, it's much less anime and the characters are larger on the screen. And it seems like they wanted to go for more of an emphasis on footsies than in previous games. But just the way that it currently is, is like, it doesn't really end up working out that way always. It does, it usually ends up working out where even when someone gets a hit in neutral, they can uh turn that into, you know, like massive long block strings. That's like you don't get block strings really in that are like that long in Street Fighter. Like you're blocking like two medium hits and the person is pushed out of range and now you're in you're in neutral again. Um in in Guilty Gear, people are doing like straight up fifteen second, twenty second long block strings even with like faultless defense, you know?
1: I feel like you have way fewer options for defense in Street Fighter. In in Guilty Gear you have access to FD, uh, Faultless Defense. You have access to jump blocking. You have access to uh, Roman cancels, Yellow Roman cancels, uh, bursting. Uh, in, in Street Fighter, it's some characters have reversal, and then you have the V-reversal and V-shift. And it, it's not like a terribly small amount of options, but there's also some other strangeness. So first off, there's like a lose more mechanic, In Street Fighter, and and maybe, you know, you could call it a win more mechanic if you're winning, and it feels great. But getting stunned is is like a terrible feeling in Street Fighter. But, you know, I I understand it from the perspective of... So the way that stun works is if someone hits you enough, you get stunned, and then they get a free combo on you. So ultimately, if you get hit a lot, you get into a state where you get to get hit more. Um, Offensively, this is a consideration, though. Because you can make decisions on whether or not you want your combo strings to lead to more damage or more stunts. But it, it does learning the game, it, it doesn't feel great to play against. And, and maybe it's just too late for me to be trying to learn this game because as a new player, this game feels awful. Like, it never feels like you're doing something interesting. Uh, the the combos of which there are combos, and like the amount of damage that you can get without a combo is pretty meager uh and and the actual combos feel prohibitively like challenging like I don't know why the combos in this game have to be as hard as they are like the 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 floor on them just like feels ridiculous so it it almost feels like. Like Street Fighter feels like it is keeping people out of the fighting genre. For for being as popular as it is, uh, it it also feels like you would play this game and it would make you not want to play another.
0: I think it's it's so interesting that like you you have such like I, I completely agree with you about like on paper, Guilty Gear has more defensive options. Like you you have straight up something that gets you out of a combo. You have like you said, like the Roman cancels that slow down time for a second where you can use them and react uh, to something. And then there's faultless defense where you can use your meter to push enemies back off of you. And even then, like I, I actually disagree Um, that I, I I again feel like uh, the defensive options in street fighter or are more interesting to me um, because they're not just uh, like reversals or, or like the like V shift or whatever. Um, in Street Fighter, like I said before, like be, because of the general uh, pushback, you're in footsie. You're in like neutrals a lot. You're in footsies a lot, and the defensive options are your limbs in a lot of cases. Is like you end up getting pushed back, and then being intelligent about like uh, I think they're gonna dash forward, so I'm gonna stick out a limb that covers that. That, that that mid the mid-range. reason why i
1: didn't bring that up is because that's not unique to street fighter that is also in guilty gear
0: i don't think i don't see it working out uh a lot as yeah, as cause as, as well um and then there are certain aspects about that whole like the the footsie game in in guilty gear that like i i desperately want them to uh uh change like if like to start to start um i would say like I, I would really like it if um, they overhaul how 6p works. Uh, I think it's a terrible design. Um, they should not have done it the way that, that they that they that it currently exists in the game. So 6p is a universal anti-air. Uh, all characters have a have a 6p and it's an input where the whatever the animation is, the character's top of their body becomes the the hitbox is gone from their upper body. Um and what and why that's meant to do that is it's meant to cleanly anti-air. Um it's supposed to so that, that an ant so someone jumping in can't hit you cuz you can hurt them but the top of your body the hitbox is gone. Um but why I think it's like such a dumb thing is that in a lot of cases it simplifies neutral and then does a lot of other wacky shit. Um like it will uh, tra- it will beat out a lot of normals and footsies in a really stupid right. way. So and one
1: thing that's insane is Faust, uh, who's my character, has this long range move where he will like it, it's like one of his greatest spacing and zoning tools. Is he will stab at, uh, all the way across the screen, almost full screen, and get a command grab if it lands. And that move can be six would freely. Because another weird thing in Guilty Gear is that most characters' weapons are uh, have hurt boxes on them. Most,
0: most, most. Some of them don't. Um, Which is
1: also, and I say most because that is an important distinction. Yeah. Because
0: the characters that the, they didn't, didn't want to be good don't do have this this fact, and then there's some yeah. characters that are very good that don't have. Yeah. So nah. I,
1: I don't disagree with you on the point of 6P. I actually, but but I, I think I like it more than you because I actually think that it is important to have like an intuitive anti-air. And also anime games historically have had aerials being very powerful Like being in the air is very powerful. So Abs- having absolutely. like a quick answer to this is good. I think that they should put a visual indicator on 6P the way that uh, Dust has an indicator on it, which shows you... Like all six P's should have like a blue gleam to them or something. I don't so think that that's you could understand where they that's, are. That's
0: that's not where I have the problem. And 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 like I I said, I, I think that having a universal anti-air is absolutely fine. I think that 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 was them. You know, like clear. Like I said before, they they clearly moved in a yeah. Street Fighter V and a Street Fighter Four more maybe more Street Fighter Four direction where they wanted there to be neutral. They didn't want if 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 someone says. this opponent is going to jump in now because they just did it three times in a row, then there should be a button that, like, no excuses beats the jump in. I always, like, I completely agree with that. Um, There should be an anti-air, and having it universal is obviously smart. Street Fighter um, anti-airs are uh, very character-specific, um, they're usually based you usually have a multi multiple anti-airs all of them and for different trajectories. they're based on the jump yeah you use them based on the jump arc and they don't have they don't generally have invincibility other than you know like a sure that has built invincibility and in. usually the anti-airs just have like a disjointed his, hitbox so that if you time them well they'll, they'll trade but so yeah I completely agree that that's right that, it makes that, sense
1: because in Street Fighter being in the air is so much less safe yeah. Right, so yep. the anti-air options, you know, they, they shouldn't be as strong because being up there is already kind of a, a a risk because there's no air blocking.
0: I just I just want like I I still I want six uh, p to be strong. I want it to be actually stronger in its current state because there are certain moves that trade with six p. Like I there's been times where like like let's say example um Eno has a uh, directional like a diagonal down. Um, like lightning attack where she becomes this like ball of lightning and goes diagonally down. Um, and I've had that like at certain angles trade uh, with a six P I, I, what I would like to see is a, like I, I think that this is asking too much, but I really wish it was like coded in such a way where on the ground for a, a six P right now. And we I haven't said this either. A six P will make you go under projectiles. Um, like because you're just your your body doesn't exist on the top so what I'd like to see is that uh the on the actual like ground uh you would get hit by projectiles you would get hit you wouldn't uh just win trades by becoming upper body invincible but uh it would be complete like your body would be immune to air aerials during gotcha. during yeah. the 6p and that's it and like I like I i, I I would like to see that kind of thing to uh because in its current state it it's weird like 6p is trades so well and it, it in a lot of cases it like simplifies uh uh footsies in kind of dumb ways um that 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 I like I, I find it just frustrating and it and it's 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 a small piece of like a larger pie like there are just like weird i i I hope that maybe i i won't have to say this come a balance patch but there's like a lot of weird inconsistencies with neutral in general um like there's a lot of characters that like don't actually have to play neutral a lot um and there's a lot of also
1: yeah i i agree with you that is a characteristic of anime fighters though where different characters have different rules right Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what makes it i mean You know, from a Street Fighter perspective, I could understand that not being what you want. But personally, I I like the idea of if I'm playing a different character or a different matchup, there's so many, you know, like like, learning a new character in that game, uh, they they really do feel very different. So, yeah, I would not want that originality. I
0: I certainly feel like uh, as much fun as I'm having with Street Fighter, I think like the 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 most fun and why I come back to Guilty Gear is that when you're uh like I like I Zato I, I really enjoy playing that character it's he's like a really well designed character and there's like some phenomenal redesigns in the Guilty Gear Strive cast and playing like when when you're getting to play uh it, it is a blast like piloting that character or doing combos um but again like I feel like uh, d- defense can feel really shitty in this game. I don't know if it is a Zato thing. Zato is the only character that doesn't have any um, invincibility. So, like, I'm starting to... As the game progresses and people are... Like, in, in the in the, in, in the beginning of, of this game, uh, block strings were pretty short and there was more neutral. But now people have, like, tightened it up and they are, you know... Once you get more comfortable, you get to the point where you get really good about, like, they blocked this block string and now um, like I, I you know immediately like I'm gonna dash up I don't even have to think anymore um, and and start this next block string or switch it up this way whereas when people are uncomfortable they'll kind of do a block string and then back off for a second and try and think about like what's the next thing that I should do but people are just getting so good about offense that having a care the one character that has um, no invincibility, Takes away them ever being afraid of me on wake up, uh, so like I'm starting to feel that more and more as like yeah. combos get I, better, as block strings get tighter, as like de- as like offense yeah. gets better. Yeah, I,
1: I will say that you don't yellow RC. I, I don't think uh, that you've ever really done it much, and I think that it would really help out specifically I, Zato with I, his uh, worst situation. I do it every once into. in a while.
0: Um, I, I don't. Do I, while. I don't keep it as like uh, like it's not like a huge option of mine, but yeah, I. I Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I hope that the, uh, then the other thing I would probably say and that I, that I kind of feel like about Street Fighter is that I think most Street Fighter matches, I think some of the worst matches are, like, historically 8-2, but because of the current state of Street Fighter, I'd say that they're closer to, like, um, 7-3s. Uh, and in Guilty Gear, it feels a lot of times like characters are designed in a vacuum, that, like, there's a lot of weird things of, like, uh, having wonky matchups where, like, certain things seem like they never thought about, like, if these characters ever fought. Uh, but, yeah, I don't wanna, like, like I, I. It just makes me kind of, like, playing Street Fighter, I, I am having a really good time with that cast, and I'm having a good time with the characters, and it really makes me just wish that uh, certain things were a little bit better in Guilty Year. Maybe, um, as t- I. I my, my hope is that uh, the balance change. Kind of tightens up the uh, tier list a little bit more and uh, takes away some of like the frustrations in the game. Um, and
1: excited at- for the balance pass because I think that I don't think a lot of character. I, I think that you're probably going to be underwhelmed by the by the, the first maybe I the first one.
0: But I but I, I, I know that they're trying to do bigger a bigger patch.
1: Yeah, because here's my prediction: uh, the character they're they're going to modify three characters. They're going to modify. Uh, Soul, they're going to modify Angie and Faust, and I think that's it. So I I could see
0: them. uh, I definitely could see them changing May, and I could definitely see them changing Chip.
1: I don't think so because those characters were not represented in all regions. Soul is the only character that was represented in every region.
0: I don't know if it's a good idea. Watching, especially Evo, watching it was weird because you didn't see like soul is the best with a bullet and you didn't like he didn't win evo in any cases uh there he had he had good representation um but it's this it was just it ended up being this weird thing of like i don't know the people who played him were just dumber i guess like this i, I don't, so, don't want to have to say anything nice about a soul player yeah but. so
1: so then so then what makes a character top tier if it's not winning the best tournaments because if it's having the most characters in heaven then that's Soul, and it's definitely not Chip.
0: I I think that you can't balance on those kind of things, and it and the and this being the exact you know like this being the example of of like uh it it would be frustrating for them to look at Soul's performance in tournaments and then because you would almost say like oh he's not winning tournament um and that you would be so wrong to say that like oh he needs to be fixed to be better because he's not winning these tournaments. Like, or, like, if you were gonna look at this almost, you'd say like Nagori Yuki is too strong.
1: Nagori Yuki is pretty, pretty good though. But I think I think Nagori Yuki is, I, I could is not strong. I think, him getting I I don't think he'll get
0: touched change. at all. I think he would. I don't I think, think Leo he
1: is be... gonna get anything either. Nor, nor yeah. do I think May is. I, I really think that Soul, the the Soul top tier. But uh, again, like that's hard for me to say because I actually don't run into any trouble fighting Soul.
0: I don't find. Uh, Soul to be as bad of a matchup as it as Axel is for me. Like Axel is like a nine one. Like it is the closest that I think I will experience in video games to like throwing a fighting stick against a wall of like how just horrendous the matchup is, how comically bad it is. At least with Soul, like like where Zato shines is that uh, on he, he's such a weird character. Like on ha- on half the cast, especially ca- the cast that like doesn't have a lot of like screen control um if if you get the hit you can convert it into like eddie doing block strings and then the people have to like eat a lot of mix-ups and that's where he gets really strong but he has like probably the worst defense in the game probably like the the absolute worst defense in the Uh, game so maybe
1: that's why you don't like the defensive options because you play the character with the worst defense
0: so like for and and like actually like his movement is so weird because for certain characters it's like somewhat broken like the fact that he can fly makes it so that like certain characters that don't that aren't able to like hit him from up there uh have to deal with like his mistiming jump-ins um but then for like axel they never he never cares about that he's just gonna hit you from from that and you're too slow in the air and you're too slow on the ground there's no real way to like surprise him or get Eddie over there for the most part because he kills yeah. Eddie with all his normals.
1: And I think this brings us back to what you said earlier about uh, characters having interchangeable moves, where there there is sort of this situation of I'm I'm going. Let, let me put this in, into terms that I can understand as as a Pokemon player. Uh, I'm going into the water gym, so I'm going to bring my electric Pokemon i'm fighting zato i'm just gonna pick axel you know and, and you you never want it to be that way yeah right so and that is foundationally a difference between street fighter and and uh guilty gear, guilty gear it has probably. been or
0: arxis in general like they've had that kind of running oh, yeah of like always blue is the same way there's some weird things of like and and that kind of and i think where the frustration comes too is like in Street Fighter or in Tekken, it's much easier to be a character loyalist because even when your character is, sure. is like, doing bad, that doesn't always mean that—or, like, is on a bad patch, that doesn't always mean that, like, anything is unwinnable. And, and historically, Tekken has shown this, like, very true—like, like just D-tier shit characters have won because the person— playing it knows the mind game so well and like knows how to condition opponents and in in guilty gear it ends up being a lot more of like what you said like you can get a rock paper scissors kind of matchup where a character just like was not designed to fight this other character and it makes it harder and like less fun to be a loyalist and it doesn't make me want it makes me want to like pick a like reevaluate and pick a character i enjoy less so that i don't have as many bad matchups so that like i i feel like i can fight anyone and not have an issue
1: so here's my so i'm gonna say something a little bit uh i don't know the word. controversial that's the word so when i play faust who is is considered to be one of the worst characters there has to be a worst character he's not a he's not a i don't think there are bad characters in guilty gear but if you had to choose one who's the worst he's probably the worst um I don't expect to go five five. Maybe I go four six, right? And and if I do that, and if I take a couple rounds, I'm happy with it. And, and maybe we want all matchups to be five five, but but I feel like I'm picking Faust. I'm going into hard mode, and it, and so if I win, it's it's sweeter for me, right? Sure. So and maybe this feels different if you're, a, if you're like at a tournament and it's like. I can't pick Faust because I really want to win this tournament. But against friends casually, I don't care. In tower, in the ranked mode of Guilty Gear, I actually find myself doing better uh, with Faust versus Chip, who's a high tier character, because I, I I feel like people don't know how to deal with him because they don't see him as much. Yeah. And, and I would I would almost bet the same thing for you playing Zato, where you say things like. I do well with Zato and Tower because I get away with a lot of fake shit because people don't know the matchup. And, and that's the way that it is, right? Yeah. Those are the trade-offs of playing like these more obscure, possibly worse characters is you're rewarded by people not having the matchup knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah. I, I, I think that this is actually a really interesting conversation, and I think that it really does get at uh, the key differences between these two games. Yeah, it...
0: i i really i really think i in, in i i've been saying i've said from the beginning i th- i think i've been very poor at at explaining my problem with Guilty Gear where i'm having the problems um and playing Street Fighter has kind of made me realize or put that into perspective a little bit more um where uh like it's been it's been cool to go back to that game where i don't get as frustrated because i feel like i'm in control a lot more that like when i make when i lose a round you see like m- way more mistakes that led up to the loss than in guilty gear where it's like well i blocked correctly for 10 seconds there's a 50 50 the 50 50 got me i just couldn't react in time and now i'm eating a 80 percent life combo and like you know like that kind of stuff can like can really suck yeah like it, like it like i find who that who has
1: these 10 second block strings
0: uh chip is one of them i i think uh, like Ten a lot seconds longer than that with chip like because he's mostly safe all the time like even if he's like alpha blading behind you or alpha blading in the air like it usually leads to the next mix yeah, alpha blades aren't safe by the way they are so fast i don't know I, I i don't know how they're they're not safe because i've um done the instant block and then started to uh uh 5p and the ch- chips have like traded with me well you gotta try the 2p I, I, I have do I have done two p. Do it again. If you get hit with um, it, it, try it it, it, again. Uh, I mean sometimes like th- then there's yeah there's there's just so much inconsistent about that matchup that I find uh, frustrating. Um,
1: I think it is frustrating, but I don't think that it's fair to call them block strings because I think that there are ways out of things. After after a alpha blade, you could back dash and then you know there's there you're you're still making decisions while you're while it is their turn.
0: I, think, I also think that more of the decisions in Guilty Gear happen um, invisibly. Like, you assume that they will do it, and instead of being able to, like, visually confirm it, you usually have to do it prior, do whatever your answer is prior to it. Like, guess that, psychic guess that, like, they will do this to get the most out of a kind of punish. Um, whereas in Street Fighter, uh, generally I feel like more things, including, like, throws, are, like, pretty reactable and techable. Um, And then usually the kind of cool thing that I like about um, a a Street Fighter match is that if someone is kind of just, you know, going to one or two techniques to open you up, it becomes like so easy to react to them and train yourself to react to them. But the real thing is that like really trying to be diverse enough that that like that person has forgotten this option and the second it leaves their mind, like that's when you use it and you mix them up with it. And then now they're thinking about that again, and then they forgot about one of your other options. You know what I mean? Whereas in guilty gear, it ends up being more of like, I, I have to guess that they're gonna do this, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try to uh, react to it beforehand or set up the same situation that I usually see them use a certain like ability or a certain normal, and then I'm gonna try and beat it uh, before it even happens. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes like the difference between that is that if you are wrong, uh, then you can get opened up for it. Rather in Street Fighter, like if I know someone's gonna jump, I can like I can kind of like wait to it, react to it, and then always get that anti-air.
1: Doesn't this conversation just make you want to play Street Fighter?
0: <laughs> Do you want? to? I don't even know if you because I don't know how much you it I, I I agree with like there there are obviously problems. You know what I, what what this conversation makes me want to play is Street Fighter Six or Tekken Eight. You know what I mean? Like the Street Fighter. Is a it, it has a lot of I could I could imagine it being frustrating because in Street Fighter you, you you've seen like how I uh, my playing of uh, my, the way I play fighting games um, I'm more used to Street Fighter and Tekken and and like I like um, poke I like poke game and I like uh, Footsie's a lot so in Street Fighter you'll just see like a lot of I I am guessing that a normal is going to come out and I want to control space with a normal um, and like beat a uh, a a forward a dash in or um, beat an enemy's normal that's gonna come out late. That I'm assuming that they're gonna like hit slightly late. Um, and in in Guilty Gear, that kind of stuff like generally d- it doesn't work that well. Like, it doesn't pay off for you. You know what I mean? Like uh, just sticking out normals. Like I, I I like space control. Um, and I like uh you know. Sticking out normals when I'm when I have the advantage and and guilty gear. I feel like it it doesn't go well for me a lot of times. Um But Street Fighter Five is ugly as fuck. It's yeah. crazy how ugly it is. It's crazy that uh did Galloway or did you say that um the the costumes look like mods? They
1: do. I didn't say it, but they do.
0: The costumes look like mods, and the like the even like because of how different the lighting is on some of the stages like it leads to you were getting frustrated because on a on this like uh spain map like this barcelona kind of looking map um it's not barcelona because i guess barcelona is a cage match is is like inside of a cage that that vega has but but there's i think it might be rose's map where um there's like this canal behind it and the map is so blue that it's kind of difficult to see cody throw a knife because it's already a very small projectile it doesn't it's not like a fireball where like it's very visually uh like obvious like this is like it's a little bit more subtle the knife and it can get lost on the background stuff like that is like a little bit too prominent in street fighter um and it's still the game that has like historically had like just hair clipping through and like clothing that's like flopping all over the place while characters are moving like in really unreactable weird ways as if they're like in space or something like just the clothing is just like floating up and moving around all the time, like a jellyfish. I don't get it. Um, uh, I, I do love having combo trials again. Um, it's a really fun thing to listen to a podcast or like edit this podcast and be able to like learn more about the combo trials. And maybe,
1: maybe I'll be, uh, I'll probably be maybe listening to some amnesty later to, uh, to get in the zone.
0: Mm hmm
1: and uh, doing some combo trials. But yeah, I mean, but some of the combo trials just feel terrible. And, and one of the things that's, like, really weird, and I mentioned this before, is that the combo trials are not all up to date. So you could be doing combo trials for that no longer work, and there's no way... They don't indicate which ones are out of date.
0: Yeah, that seems like it would be so easy, right? Like, you would just... Because they already have a thing where it says uh, on the combo trials it say... Um... Uh, some of these combos may not work anymore due to patches and a different um, uh, current, like a different patch of the game. Um, but if if you want to say that, like I think that they are, it should the burden should be on them to put like maybe like an exclamation point on certain trials and say like this combo is not this doesn't work anymore. You can do it, but it, you don't expect to tr- to carry this information over. And it, it's really weird that they. Um, would just have you guess uh, uh, whether or not these kind of things are still in the game. That's absolutely yeah. weird. And you actually you made a different point where um, in Street Fighter V, there's certain aspects of the combo trial that uh, I wish that they would explain to you. Um, they do have demonstrations, which I guess is like is fair, you know, like they have a demonstration that shows the combo being done. But a good example of it is like. Uh, in certain combos there might be like cr- a crush counter plus a dash in and they never explain that there's a dash uh in the combo uh so I don't know how I don't know if blaze blue does explain those kind of like the does. the, uh, the yeah, micro it even
1: tells you it tells you where cancels happen and it even tells you like you have to super jump cancel this move
0: yeah. So
1: That kind of stuff is in there. So
0: yeah, Street Fighter only says, the uh, for combo trials, only says the raw button hits, um, and it never explains some of the micro stuff behind it. Sometimes you have a, um, sometimes there's like a crush counter, and you should be holding forward, and then you walk forward for like half a second, and then you continue the combo. um, Or sometimes you dash. And those kind of like micro adjustments are uh, not uh, well explained, you know? I do know.
1: Those are so many video games. Yes. Mostly a lot of Street Fighter and Guilty Gear, I think. Uh, WTDGpodcast.com, that's where it is. What's the deal with games on your favorite streaming platforms? You could rate the show, like the show, follow the show. I don't know. You do all these different At sign WTDGpodcast on Twitter for updates when shows go out.
0: Thank you, Ryan Galloway and uh, Bumper for the use of music. The music, nice. use the intro and outro and... Uh, Oh, you can get it off the new album pop songs 2020 i do it all the time but it was easier when it was crying i don't know why crying thank you ryan galwin crying for the use of your so, music use it the album. for such
1: a long time we use
0: it on rev- revive was it revive right off the new album beyond the fleeting gales right yeah so i you know i think i was better at saying that one but now it's it's a bumper in pop songs 2020 um you can get links to all their uh merch from the YouTube channel, I have the shirt. I have the record. I'm not wearing the shirt. I'm not wearing the record.
1: We got a nice pin. It's a really good pin. And thank you, James. That's it. That's it. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, viewers.
0: Thanks, viewers. I can't believe you saw me like this. I'm, I'm not even... I'm not well-dressed today, but, uh, you know. You can't always... You know, when you're, when you're the head of a top five on iTunes podcast, you don't really have the time to dress up for these kind of things you know you have a busy schedule i have i i have to talk to my planner about uh you know she should have told me that i was supposed to be well dressed for today's cast i forgot that it was coming up you know what i mean and uh she just told me beforehand never know what to wear to these kind of things you know do i go formal do i go informal formal formal yeah when you're number five on itunes you gotta go formal that's right that's it it's over it's over Why are you still here?